and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is sponsored by Sheila Darling Coaching. Sheila Darling is a social worker, certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher and could be your start to a more peaceful life. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. Um, we'll hear more from our sponsors later, um, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So if you can please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give any of our sponsors your business. Um, and while you're, while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send you the episodes right into your inbox every Monday. Um, and now Diane has our review of the week. It comes from our Gmail. We got an email. It was very exciting. <laughs> and it says, it's from Gina. And she says, hey, gals, still loving the podcast. My son and I are still going at 17 months. Woo. I wanted to drop you both a little note to brighten your day. My work hosted a health screening exam this week. Employees could take part in if desired. I was placed with a nurse who had just had her third child 10 weeks ago, a little girl. We got to talking and I mentioned my iron has been a little low since I'm still breastfeeding my 17-month-old son. She told me she was also breastfeeding a new baby and we totally bonded over those early days. I then proceeded to write down a list of resources for her on a, the back of a spare exam card, a nod back to your breastfeeding advocate episode. And of course, I recommended the podcast, Facebook, Diane's services to her and told her to keep going. It does get easier. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, that Gina. That brighten my day. I know. She was right. She's very right about that. That is, share the love. <laughs> I mean, just go out there and just like share the love because people don't have the resources or maybe they're not taking the time to find the resource. I could not imagine having to try to like Google stuff. Oh my God, resources. that's what I was doing. Oh my God, it was a whole horrible nightmare. Like that is insane. Just Googling, trying to tr Googling answers to breastfeeding stuff. And it's so much, there is so much crap out there. You have to really accidentally find good information and you just won't through Googling. But if you have another, you know, like-minded parent that is saying to you, I found this resource really helpful. That is amazing. Like, so share that, share whatever your resources are. We like it that it's us, but if it's not, whatever your resources are that you have found helpful, definitely share it with another parent because it's so important to help them through their day. Yeah. And you think, I mean, we might think people don't, they're like, oh, well, they're probably set. They're probably good. No. But like, probably not. Actually, no. probably not. Like if we're talking about probables, like probably not doing really well and maybe don't even want to say it. Yeah. And you can just start talking about it. It's awesome. So thank you so much, Gina. And thank you for the email. And you can send your reviews, your comments, your stories, anything like that to us, all the fabulous things you're doing to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can put it on iTunes where that helps the podcast to rank a little bit. So we always love getting those as well. And I check them both. So thank you very much. And on to today. Yes. I'm, I'm sure everyone has come into the contact with the dreaded growth charts and percentiles. I hate and them. And been at the mercy of them. Hate. Hate is not even a strong enough word <laughs> for the disdain I feel when somebody says to me something about a percentile. Well, my baby's percentile is. 
the percent the doctor said the percentile is what do i do about his percentile the percentile went down when people contact me and they're like my doctor's very concerned i might have to start supplementing my baby's percentile isn't where he wants it to be well what is the tell me what the weight is i don't care about the percentile the percentile means nothing tell me what the baby's weight is I mean, the percentiles are ridiculous. I don't understand why we even need to know it. Like, I think it's I think it's useful for like research and like just knowing, you know, like how big people are. (laughs) But like, you know, if that's something that's interesting, like, oh, you know, whatever, something that's interesting for a researcher based on whatever research you're doing. But like for an individual person to like know where they are on the percentile is like and then we have this thing like. So if you're a baby and you're like lower in the percentile, that's bad. But then if you're a grown up and you're higher in the percentile, that's bad. Oh, yeah, that's bad. And like the percentile is just like all the people put together. Like you like, why do you need to change where you you don't need to change where you are in the percentile? It's just a where you are in a group of people of averages it's it's it doesn't even make any sense that we need to know this or be at the mercy of it no and we're so at the mercy of it we are we are completely at the mercy of it that's a great way to put it it's a great explanation of it because everybody is fascinated by whatever the percentile is and i i don't i don't know what you like you said i don't know why we need to know why do they tell us you know, and if you, a lot of it is based on like, and we're going to talk about this because I did a lot of research into like where the history came from with it. But you have to consider your yourself and your partner and genetics and where you live and ethnicity and all of those things. And they if your baby's breastfed or formula fed. Exactly. Or both. Or, or neither. Both. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, not neither. But, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be um, neither. I hope. Feed him cat food. Yeah. <laughs> are you breastfed, formula fed, or cat food? Or fed? cat food which fed? One? Yeah. Literally. Which one are you? Separate percentile for that. <laughs> if you've chosen neither one of those other ones, but they're like A they're not food. looking at like. Uh, did you start solids at six months or four months? Did you or or seven months or ten months? You know, like they're not looking or, at all or of that. Like, if this is fu- this is a freaking baby, like was yeah. the baby sick the week before that they came here? Because that'll make them that'll, way less. Yeah, because if they were puking, like that's what happened to Jack's percentile dropped like really far. He had been was, was sick the week before, and they're like weighing him and all of And I was like, dude, he was puking all last week, like. I'm not, you know, the doctor was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, you know, I get it. Um, but like, that's going to make a difference. It's a tiny little baby. Did they take a dump when they, before they came here? Right. That totally that's does gonna it. That's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. Well, did they poop? Yeah. Well, there you go. It'd be three ounces heavier. Yeah, you know, that's a huge difference. A tiny little baby mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of poop comes out. That's going to change <laughs> their weight massively. You know, and then you've got like, so, I mean, look at my kids, for example. I'm five foot ten. Their father is six foot four. My kids have always been in like the 90th percentile for height. If they were in the third percentile for height, there would be a problem. Like that would seriously be an issue. That would be kind of weird. Yeah. Right. You have to look at. uh, And I've had some people that are like, you know, the the parent, the birthing parent is is little petite, you know, the uh, the partner is 
little shorter, maybe not as big, whatever, petite. And they're like, oh, my baby's only in the 20th percentile. Because so are you. Right. <laughs> like we and I've actually had to point that out to them sometimes. And I don't want to be like, you're short because that doesn't, you know, like, <laughs> but it's true. If you're little, why would you have a giant baby? Right. I, I don't know why, why, what we're trying to do here, what we're looking at. It doesn't, like, and the, the one that gets me is the head circumference. Oh, wait till you hear because what I got Jack, about that. Oh, too. good. Because <laughs> Jack's always in like the 90th percentile. I told him that I always, you know, it's just like, oh, your head. Yeah. You've always had a big head. And he's like, why? And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything, Jack. Just forget it. <laughs> oh my God. I used to tell people it was full of brains. My yeah. head was big because yeah, it's full of brains. Yeah. Right. When my older sister said, move your giant head out of the way of the TV. <laughs> it's full of brains. Leave me alone. But yeah, the, the percentile thing is pretty ridiculous. Like, So where does it come from? And can I say formula companies? It is actually not, believe it or not. Well, maybe oh, well, some of it has oh, the background. Well, yeah, let me, yeah, let me there look probably a little further. Is, yeah, there probably is some background to that. Because what I didn't get, a lot of it comes from like surveys and, you know, stuff like that, at least back when. So we're going to go back to like 1977 because that was when some of these growth charts really like started to take hold. There was mm -hmm. growth charts before that, but for one thing, we don't like, nobody listening cares about those growth charts from 1929. And the 1977 growth charts are important because that is when the CDC picked it up and that's when the WHO adopted it as well. So the World Health Organization looked at our the United States growth charts and they said, oh, we'll use that too. Oh, that was a dumb move. I know. So keep that in mind as we're talking about this because this is pretty insane. So that really started in 1977, but it went from 1977 to 2000. They were not redone until 2000. So even now, they're not like looked at every year and said, oh, let's adapt these for, you know, what's happening in our culture right now. No, mm -hmm. they they adapt them like or they readapt them like right now they're starting to look at changing it again. And it's been 21 years. So we're looking at for starters from 1977 to 2000. But when they were first developed, they were developed by the National Center for Health Statistics. And then, like I said, they were adopted by the World Health Organization at that time as well for worldwide use. It was based on, this is not going to be a surprise, white formula-fed babies from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it was based from on. Ohio. <laughs> right. White formula-fed babies from Ohio. Wait, in 1977? Yes. Because that was me! Whoa, look it! That was it you! It was me! I was part of it! <laughs> I mean, actually, night, well, I was born in 1976, so That's I guess probably, I was probably, yeah. yeah I they, was, they took stuff from, like, years, you know, like, yeah, from, so, like, Yeah, so, like, 1970, well, by a year, yeah, I mean, I was very still, well could have been, I yeah. I was still formula. My mom breastfed for three months, and then the doctor told her it was time to wean. Yeah. And then I was formula, I'm assuming I was formula fed. Or cat until, fed. For yeah. however, and cat food. Um, <laughs> oh my God. And I was born in Ohio. Yeah. So this is like your, these are your people. Yeah. I was part of the development of Absolutely. this ridiculous thing. <laughs> but it even said in, in the research that I found, it was never intended to be used as a sole diagnostic instrument. 
that is not what they what they intended this to be for. They wanted to look at, okay, if your baby's in the 50th percentile, that means that there's 50 babies above them that are heavier and 50 babies below them that are lighter like or longer or head bigger or weight, mm-hmm. whatever. It just kind of gives you a status of like where you are in the mix, which is not supposed to be looked at as, oh, this is how your baby is, is doing or your child like this because they're doing these percentiles for until you're like 20. So it's like they're not supposed to be, okay, you're in the 50th percentile. So there's something wrong with you. It's supposed to be, oh, you're in the 50th percentile. You are also meeting every milestone. You are also, you know doing all the things and eating well and pooping and peeing and, you know, sleeping. I don't see how it adds anything. It really, it's ridiculous. It doesn't add a single thing. No. Again, except for somebody who's doing research on maybe like how different babies weigh across the world. Right. Oh, here's how they weigh in the United States. Here's the range in, you know, China. Here's the range, whatever. But I don't see how it would ever be useful for like a individual on an individual basis. Uh, Unless you're from Ohio. Right. Like, it's still not useful. Right. It's still not. So then they revised it in the year 2000, like I said. And it's kind of interesting because the infants with the charts that are being used now that were made in 2000, that were revised in, in the year 2000, the infants are have been more classified as underweight. So you have more infants now that are classified as underweight because of these percentiles than they did in 1977. In, the, in that growth chart. Cool. They are less then often... I think they, then I think they did the chart wrong. Well, they just revised it, depending on, you know, based on and the data. And then made a whole bunch of the population underweight. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But I tell you, it's it's like, wait till you hear more of this. It's hilarious. Less often, babies now... With, this, with these recent growth charts are less often classified as short length for age. And we have to keep in mind, none of this is based on varied ethnic groups. None of it. So as I'm going to get into it a little bit more as we go along, but the newer growth charts done in 2000 do have, they, they are based on like more of a wider range. It's not just like, a few thousand babies from Ohio. There is like a little bit of a wider range, but still not when you're thinking about this is a worldwide tool. Mm-hmm. How many babies are born in the world a year? Right? Like mm-hmm. I can't even wrap my brain around how many babies that is. And we are just looking at a small little tiny piece of them, but judging all the babies on this. And then judging something that doesn't make any sense. If you change the chart back, then those babies are no longer underweight. Right. If you change it the under, other way, then all of them are underweight. Isn't it weird? This is like, it, it's not useful when you're <laughs> looking at a baby in a doctor's office. It's not useful information for the individual family. Oh, no, not for the family at all. And they even say one of the things, too, that I didn't know. Well, I know because I work in this field, but I didn't know when my kids were young that Many, many doctors, if they're looking, if they're using this tool correctly, if you want to even call it a tool, if they're using it correctly, they should just be looking at where your baby is following, what kind of a growth trajectory your baby is following. So if they're on the fifth, if they were born at the fifth percentile 
and they follow the fifth around the fifth percentile all through the months of the first year of their life, then they're fine. It doesn't matter that they're the first fifth percentile. They're following their own trajectory, right? They're following right, exactly. their own line. That's mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be. It shouldn't matter the number. What should matter is, are they growing consistently they growing? with right. that number? Right. And that's how it should be used. But they don't tell you that. A lot of them don't tell you that. They're just like, we, you know, your baby is in this percentile. Or they tell the parent, your baby is in the 13th percentile. And then that freaks a parent out because then they're like, well, my baby's in the, and I've, I've told many, many parents, you could have a baby in the 13th percentile and you could have a baby in the 90th percentile. It doesn't mean the baby in the 90th percentile is any healthier than the baby in the 13th percentile. It has nothing to do with that. It's just insane how, how we build our whole, all our decisions on how we feed our child and how we look at their growth pattern depended on these little numbers that mean nothing. Right. Let's talk more about that after a word from our sponsors and also after a word from my Google search that 140 million babies are born every year. Oh, look at you. You're so quick with the Google. (laughs) See, that is what Google is useful for. Something like that. Yes. Not your breastfeeding information. (laughs) We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Sheila Darling Coaching. The transition to parenthood can be intense. Feelings of anxiety and depression are actually quite common. Your feelings should not be ignored. You deserve space where you can process this transition and all of the emotional and psychological changes that come with it. You may hear people telling you to just enjoy it or it all goes by so fast. These statements are dismissive of the changes we go through when we have a new baby. Transitioning to a new family member isn't always the peaceful journey we see on TV. Sheila Darling Coaching can be that professional support person that Diane and I are always saying there is no shame in getting. Sheila Darling is a social worker, certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher, and could be your start to a more peaceful life. Head to SheilaDarling.com to schedule your consultation today. And mention the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast and receive 10% off a coaching package. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. Scrumptious Baby Cream is a multi-purpose protective barrier cream to keep smooth skin, to keep skin smooth, not smooth skin, skin smooth, (laughs) and soft. Natural Zinc provides an environmental defense, gentle yet ultra-moisturizing, For happy skin and a happy baby, you won't need to worry about harsh chemicals irritating your baby's skin. All of of original sprout products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. Made for babies, perfect for grown-ups too. Check out the entire line at originalsprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase at originalsprout.com. Uh, these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes also include further information about things uh, we talk about in this episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with 
Diane. And now back to growth charts and percentiles. <laughs> Into the good stuff now. So for the for the growth charts that were developed in the year 2000, they took data from formula and from breastfeeding. So it's not even like if you exclusively breastfeed your baby, this is not the growth chart for you. You know, like it's mixed. This is a mi- it's mixed. They're looking at breastfed babies or looking mm-hmm. at formula fed babies. And then they're looking at babies that were breastfed and formula fed. So it's like there's a little bit of everything here, which is better than just having one. It's better than just having only, you know, based on formula fed babies or only based on breastfeeding babies. But it's still not really like geared towards what you're doing with your baby. And again, we're not looking at when when did they start solids? You know, like how is that? What happens when you throw that into the mix? You know, I mean, some babies do better with it than others. So how do we gear that? There was no mention of that or, at all. Or more like some babies start off eating a lot and other babies take a while. Exactly. Because they're yeah. both normal. They're both, that's both totally normal. one that's normal. good and one that's bad. Yeah. And they said that the, um, the, 19, the charts that were done in 1977, that was one thing that they mentioned was that they usually started solids earlier back then and did, they didn't take that into account either. So this is, you know, they're not really looking at, at that. How do you, how do you, put that into the mix. I don't even know. So one of the things that they're saying with that is that breast, what they found looking at all of this data, breastfed infants gain more rapidly the first two to three months. And we know, we know that to be true, right? We see that all the time. I mean, that is an average. If your baby isn't one of those babies that gained rapidly in the first two to three months, then don't worry about it because this is just an average. But that's typically what we see, that the breastfed babies gain more in the beginning and then they slow down with their growth in the second part of the year. That is what we normally see. Babies that are formula fed weigh more than babies that are breastfed in the last six to 12 months of of the first year. So from months six to 12, your formula fed baby is going to weigh more than your breastfed baby. Mm-hmm. That's just that's what we see in the data, so you have to keep that in mind too while you're looking at these growth charts. So, weight for age. So, there's a couple of things that they're, or there's several things that they're looking at. They're looking at weight for age, right? That's usually what people are are most concerned about. Mm-hmm. Length and head circumference. So, you know, they're looking at those three things. Weight for age. The national birth weight distributions from the birth certificates, that's where they get the info from, from birth certificates, from 83 million infants born in the United States between 1968 and 1980 and 1985 and 94. So they looked at that. I don't know what happened between 80 and 85 that they didn't have any of that. They took a break. They just, yeah, they took a little bit of a break there. But that's where what they're looking at. They're looking at the data of eighty three infant or eighty three million infants born in the U.S. between sixty eight and eighty and eighty five to ninety four. And how many infants are born a year? One hundred and forty million. One hundred and forty million in the in the whole world. In the whole world, right? So the birth length. All right. So that's weight for age. That's what they're looking at for weight for age. Birth length is that data was available only from Wisconsin and Missouri. <laughs> and the birth certificate, 
They looked at the birth certificate information. Maybe Wisconsin and Missouri are the only ones that did length on the birth certificate. I don't know. But that's the only place they got the data from. They looked at 890,000 infants born from 1989 to 1994. And they used that information to develop the length for age and weight for length curves. Mm -hmm. So it's not even the same amount of babies. I thought, silly me, that it was all based on the same things. But there's different numbers of babies. Like, and on everyone in the country. Right. And they're not looking at, and this is a worldwide tool. But. And they're only looking at Wisconsin babies for the length. Oh like, this is a worldwide tool. So, all right. I'm not even going to, we'll wait till I'm done till, I, till we can like totally bitch about it. So, <laughs> limited amount of data is used for the length for age charts. Limited amount of data. Head circumference. The head circumference at birth because if you're not going to start it from birth, what do you, you know, where are you going from here? Right. Head circumference at birth is not available from surveys or birth certificates. So they just didn't have that information. So they used data from another study. It was called the Fells study, F-E-L-S study. 362 infants. Oh, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> your baby's yeah. head circumference. There were more people at the playground yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right, your baby's head circumference is based on 362 infants. Oh my God. For an entire world of 140 million babies born a year. I don't even get the head thing. Like, where, why do we, why? Because like if, what? If, you're, if your baby's head is like measuring too big, that could be a sign that there's fluid on the brain. Okay. So, like, there's a wouldn't point to it. But other, wouldn't there be other signs that you got fluid in your brain? I don't know. I'll take neurology at my next my next life. I just, I'll you know, neurology. it's like, they're always just like, wow, your head, baby's head's really big. Okay. On an ultrasound, they all look humongous. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, and of course we know that their head is, you know, their head is big in comparison to their body when they're infants. I mean, it's just how it is. We're like, oh, my baby's head is really big. Yeah. Well, based on what? 362 other infants. That's what they're comparing your baby to. 362 other infants from probably like 30 years ago. I mean, this is insane. That's not a reliable way of finding fluid in a brain, I don't think. There's got well, to be so other either. diagnostic tools that we're using. Yeah. I'm sure there are. But but this is why I said to you last night, because I was texting Abby about this last night, and I said, this whoever developed this is on crack. They're smoking crack. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like it's, And none of it is consistent. And then it kept saying, because I got this information, there's a whole... If anybody else wants to like look into this, if you're really interested... The CDC has a whole history about how this is put put out. And it's very, very in-depth about like how they figure the curve and all that stuff, which was well, way too mathematical. Are, all these people brain. are in cahoots with the formula companies. They are. Right. And, you know, this is a perfect way where they swoop in and they go, oh, your baby, you know, your baby's only in the 10th percentile. You know, we might need to start supplementing with some formula, you know, to like, you know, boost their weight a little bit or, right. you know, your baby, you know, is just not, you know, we need to, you know, you, this is a perfect setup for this. 
kind of push that we know is going on everywhere. And they have said in this, they keep saying over and over again in in this write-up, this is growth depends on environment, DNA, genetics. Like we shouldn't be looking at only what a percentile is. And they are not looking at different ethnic groups, different cultures, you know, different um, socioeconomic status. They're not looking at any of that when they're doing these charts. None of it. Right. Your baby is being based on some white kid from Missouri. That's what they're looking at or Ohio. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if, if you're not a white baby from Ohio, then you might not measure up at the same rate. It's just crazy, really, when you think about it, that we're and we're living off these. People get well, obsessed yeah. with the percentiles. And, we do, and not everybody gains weight at the same rate. No, you're not and supposed so then to. You do have somebody who's falling, you know, who was in the 30th and now they're in the 25th and now they're in the 20th because they don't gain weight as fast as the other people in that, you know, whatever. <laughs> How it was created and, you know, supposedly everyone else their same age. Right. You really have to look at how they're doing developmentally. You know, you really have to, you really have to keep that in mind. So everybody, you know, I'm talking to you guys out there that are looking at your baby's percentile and saying, oh my gosh, my baby's percentile was, because you see it, you usually do see, at least I've seen, a drop in percentiles with babies as they start to get into like four or five, six months, because breastfed babies gain slower after that first few months. We know that to be the case. We do, but your pediatrician might not see that because they're used to formula fed babies that gain more after six months. And your baby, if they're exclusively breastfed, might be slowing down on their weight gain, but they're still growing in length. Their head is still growing. They're developing. They're doing all the normal things. But God forbid, they're not at the percentile that is expected of them. Right. And at the end of the exam, when everything looks normal, they go, well, we're really concerned about this percentile. Right. But like, you just checked the baby. And the baby's... I think it's more useful... It's more useful to be like, is the baby growing? Mm-hmm. Are right. they do they weigh more? Are they longer than the last time they were here? That's what I always say too. You no, know, that's what that's, that's what growth. We, it's that's growth. Growth. Right. I she. <laughs> I remember going early with Jack early on, and she like measured Jack on the on the um. She like laid him down, you know, they lay him down and make the pen marks. Yeah, that's real technical, isn't it? I know. Yeah, it was real, like real scientific. So she then she measured that and she looks and she goes, hold on a second. And then she like did it again. And she was like, let's have him grow. (laughs) And she just like did it again and like made sure it was bigger this time. I was like, all right, thanks. I have had still we're in what, 2021 now and we're still doing length that way. I mean, I don't know how, you know, honestly, but how do you measure a baby? I mean, like, do we need to? It's just like clearly are they if they're growing, they're growing. Right. Why can't they make one of those, you know, like in the shoe store where you put your foot into that thing and it why can't they make that for Yeah. I have actually had people here. Hopefully this is not going on, but if it is in your pediatrician office, question it. There are still pediatrician offices here where I live that are using those old scales where you have to like inch it over 
a little bit. Oh, yeah. And it's like when you're looking at ounces, when you need it to be. You can't. Right. That doesn't measure ounces. It doesn't even measure pounds reliably. No. And ask them the last time that machine was calibrated. Right. Never. I'm always like, it has to be the same scale. Is it the same scale? I don't know. They just bring them from room to room. No. Mm -mm. It's true. They do. They just wheel the little baby scale around. It's on a little rolly cart. (laughs) It is. We bring the baby. I bring the baby to the scale. You know, like it's uh, it's like in one spot. No, 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 no. No. They roll Mm -mm. it in on a rolly cart. Oh, my God. And they roll it from office to office. Yeah. Find out when that thing was calibrated. Mm -hmm. And if it's the same one. Ask the yeah, question. I'm sure it's not the same one because yeah. there's 20 freaking infants right. in there for their appointments when we're there. They're just so grabbing whatever not scale. just one. There's a few of them floating around. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. It's got to be the same scale. If we're worried about weight, they better be weighing that baby on the same scale and it better be a digital one. And if they're telling you that it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're just going to like move this little thing over like we're back in 1975. <laughs> no, that is not working. You cannot. Look at that for your baby's weight. If they're questioning the weight, what I do with families at this stage of the game, like when I have families that contact me and they're like, the doctor's concerned about weight gain. And usually the baby's right around for like four or five months. We will, we'll do a weighted feed again because it's like, okay, if your baby's gain is slower, which is normal for that age for them to slow down on the pounds and ounces. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what they're transferring. You know, like let's Yeah, that's the most useful way of measuring. Yeah. I mean, that's the most useful like weighing situation is where you weigh the baby, you know, before they feed and then feed the baby in the office and then weigh them again. Yep. That's the best way to do it. And that way you can take that information back to your pediatrician and say, I know his weight gain isn't where you like it to be, but we saw a lactation consultant and this is how much milk he transferred and he is growing and, in length. By the way, and, a lactation consultant's the only one who's going to do that for you. Your pediatrician's not going to do that. Yeah. You're not, you could, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. You just, we'll weigh the baby and then you sit in here, you nurse, take your time <laughs> and then we'll weigh him again. No way. They're like, you got to get out of here. We got 500 patients in the waiting yeah. room. I mean, it's just, this is, it's silly. It really, I mean, it's just the percentiles, as much focus as they put on it. Yeah, there's too much focus on it. I mean, I can see like if you go in and there's like red flags flying up and then you see that baby hasn't grown, you know, then, okay, then we need to look at that. But we need to look at all, the, you need to look at all everything, the all right. the things. It cannot be just that number. It can't. Not at all. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's what I, that's your basically in a nutshell where we got the percentiles from. That's um, disturbing. Isn't it though? Yeah. I was just like, this is insane. Well, thank you, Diane, for all of that information. It's fun to learn. Always learning. (laughs) Always learning, folks. And Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.